0: Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon, and we
1: love talking about baseball. In the history of Major League Baseball, there have been 22 managers elected to the Hall of Fame. In 120 years, I'm surprised it's not more. Uh, The real question is, are managers important enough still that they should be considered as Hall of Fame material? This is episode 15, Managers Not in the Hall of Fame,
0: and this is almost Cooperstown.
1: So managers that are active are ineligible. Uh, in fact, every manager that's been elected to the Hall of Fame has been elected by the Veterans Committee. Uh, that's the way they do it. Uh, Mike Sosha, most recently, uh, 19 years with the Angels, he's not eligible. Uh, somebody you might think about. Uh, Bruce Boshi, um, also the first year not managing, uh, an eligible guy uh, not just yet. Uh Francona would be another guy that might be there. Uh, and Joe Madden, I think, um and Dusty Baker as well. I I, I don't really think Dusty Baker is uh- Yeah,
0: I think though I mean Madden probably has a better shot than Baker, but I, I really don't see either one of them getting it. So
1: so Francona has three pennants for two different teams in two World Series. That's pretty good. <laughs> he also he was the one that was in Boston when they broke correct, the curse, correct. right? Yes. That's you- gonna count. Uh, Joe Madden has won two pennants for two teams and mm-hmm. one World Series, breaking the Cubs drought, as you just related yeah. to Francona, breaking the Red Sox drought. Uh, Dusty Baker, <clears throat> well, he hasn't won any World Series, I don't believe. Uh, with, no, I don't think he's won any World Series. He's been a manager a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Bochy, um, four pennants with two different teams, three World Series wins, 25 years. I feel like the... But all three World Series are with the same team. That is correct. The World Series went with the same team. So you with the Padres.
0: Yeah, I feel like if he had won that series, like you traded a Giants – title for a Padres title I feel like that would that would help him a lot
1: well we'll get into the um in, uh, the guys that are in the Hall of Fame guys uh, because like, there's interesting things about them but there are very few guys uh that don't have any World Series win and I think only one that has one World Series win so it seems to me that having two World Series victories puts you in a conversation where maybe you're a guy you, know, you would think about that
0: once can be you know the team had a hot streak that year like 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 You could account for that in a lot of ways, but to win two titles as a manager, I don't think you accident into those too often.
1: So you're exactly right. And, and, And really the question is, is it the good players that make a manager great, or does the manager put the players in a position that they wouldn't have been if he were not there?
0: I am sure there's a manager in the Hall of Fame we could pretty much classify as his best trait was not getting in the way of his superstar team. But there have been plenty of superstar teams that, didn't win a world series. And that certainly had the most talent in baseball. Look at the Los Angeles Dodgers, you know, this past decade, basically. But so I think in some respect, managers do mean something because there are things, especially when you get into teams where like the Cubs, the Red Sox, where there's all of this pressure and there's somebody that at least nowadays, it's less about managing the strategical aspect of the team and more about managing and making sure your guys are in good, you know, psychological shape for these games.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the ultimate authority that managers had, you know, back in the uh, early days of the game, you know, if they didn't like a player, they could get him fired from the team. I mean, it was a very different system than, the, than it is right now.
0: And I mean, even from when I was a kid in the 90s, it's probably it was probably even profoundly different then than it was the way back in the 60s and 70s and certainly way before that.
1: And it's different even now than then, because I, I don't think you can be a law and order manager, um, you know, and just you know lay down your rules, um, you know, and, and people have to do it your way or the highway. It, it, these guys get paid too much money. They're too important to the team. And the team would be more willing to fire the manager than they would the, the player at this point. Be because of the
0: reduced role of the impact of the manager, because I feel like the manager is you're not being asked to do as much with. With as little. A manager back in the day probably had to be strategical in his way of thinking and deploying his players because he had obvious deficiencies within his team. I feel like the pronounced deficiencies nowadays are so much less that it's much harder to come up with some kind of clever strategy in deploying your players to mitigate that. You're just you're going to have every aspect of the game, and you just need to make sure your guys are in the right
1: headspace. So I'm, I'm going to talk about uh, some candidates uh, that have those two-and-two two things, right? They won a couple of World Series maybe or a couple of pennants that aren't in the Hall of Fame, and I'll mention their names, and chances are you probably don't know most of these guys. So maybe you'll know more than I think. Um, uh, a manager of the Pirates named Danny Murtaugh uh two world series two nope, wins never heard of him. nope me. cito gaston nope blue jays manager who won the in the early 90s two and two ralph hauck no yankees manager three and two charlie manuel only won one world series but won two pennants yes i have heard right. of him okay jim leland have heard of him okay two different teams um and uh tom kelly won two world series nope i haven't heard of and tom kelly for the minnesota twins that was the 87 and the 91 twins was managed by Tonka.
0: Well, the, granted, I was not born and two for but those. But the point
1: is, well, yeah, but you hear about managers that are around before you um, were do born. Do you?
0: I mean, realistically, I feel like managers, unless there's somebody that's
1: saying goofy stuff and has a lot of attributable quotes, you're really not going to talk about them too much. I think I think that's true. Here, here's an interesting thing I, I found. Only three managers managed 20 or more years in total. Like, like that happens now. Well, Boshi did it. Um, without ever winning a pennant, much less a World Series. Jimmy Dykes... From the '30s to the '50s, and Gene Mock and Buck Showalter is a guy who's managed 20 years and never won nothing. <laughs> Poor Buck. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and thought he was a good manager too. There, yeah, you.
0: I would say, but that's that's the difference. He's a pretty good manager. He's not a <laughs> Hall of Fame manager. So he's an
1: almost guy, just like the yep. other guys. So, so I'm going to go down the alphabetical list of the managers, um, and you tell me if you know them, and I'll yep. give. I'll, I'll just say how many pennants they won, World Series wins, and how many years they managed. So Walter Austin. Nope. Okay, also famous for having, I think, Twenty-three one-year contracts in his career. Wait, so he as was just
0: a year-to-year manager? He was every year? every
1: year that he, he was signed for one year. I think that was at his behest. So he won seven pennants and four World Series with the Dodgers. It's pretty good. Okay, that's 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 Cooperstown. Sparky Anderson. I have heard of him. Okay, so he managed the Reds um, and the Tigers. Four pennants, two World Series wins with two different teams. One with the Reds and the Tigers. Uh,
0: that I mean, I think for a manager that definitely speaks to your managerial skill if you can get two different teams to win a title. Because it's unlikely you're going to fall into the perfect situation where your team carries you to the title twice. That's a
1: great point. So alphabetically, we go on to Bobby Cox. Yeah, of course. Okay, so when I mentioned Bobby Cox that he only won five pennants – well, only uh, – in one World Series Mm -hmm. in his 29 years uh, as manager, you quickly came back with – the division title yeah
0: he just won the division
1: for like what 14 straight years it, it was something like that yeah painful as it is uh for, for for me to admit yes every year the Braves are on top so two story um Leo DeRocher I want to say yes but no so Leo Rocher um won three pennants with two different teams um interestingly enough he managed um four teams the Dodgers and the Giants Hmm. Um, the the Cubs and the Astros. So those are pretty big franchises. So in 1948, this is a good one. So he managed, he was suspended for the 1947 year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so, for
1: what? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to remember this, uh, okay. exactly what it was. So I, I'll, I'll have to pass on that. But he came back in 1948, managed the Dodgers. And in the middle of the season, he convinced the Dodgers to let him go. And he moved over and managed the Giants for the rest of the season. So like he just... Switch teams midseason as the manager that is correct. and 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 he ended up managing the Giants, you know, for the rest of that year and managed them all the way for the, another seven years. because um, so that's quite interesting, but he had only one World Series win in twenty nine years. Um he was the guy on third base when Bobby Thompson hit the home run. He was a third base coach uh, at that point involved in a lot of baseball history. also presided of one of the great chokes of all time, if you think about the sixty nine uh losing to the Mets so mm-hmm. that, Uh, That probably, but still in the Hall of Fame anyway. um, A a Negro League manager, Rube Foster, and and, and the hardest thing about Negro League. Is just stats because they just don't exist. Yeah, because when when did you say he was from? Uh, he was the, managed the out of the eighteen well, mean, nineties. Yeah, there's, it's
0: hard enough to get stats from like the eighteen nineties and like the, the certainly the pre nineteen hundred era. But to try and get Negro League stats from back then, it's it's it's, it's unfortunate that it's so difficult, and it's just kind of this lost era of baseball in some respects compared to what we have available for the other. No doubt, no side. doubt. And
1: It's a shame, you know, yeah. that you, you don't have that because you you'd like to see that. Um, another old time manager who was somehow known as the father of modern baseball, I'll talk about that in a second. A guy named Ned Hanlon. Nope, no, you wouldn't have heard of him. Um, five Pennants, no World Series, but this is the guy who gets credit for uh, inventing the hit and run. And, a, and the aspects of the game, so he made the game strategic, and so his contribution
0: And that that would certainly get you into the Hall of Fame. And that's
1: that is why. I mean, if you
0: add something as big as the hit and run, I feel like that's definitely going to be yeah, a, yeah, pretty yeah, good for you.
1: Absolutely, I think. And he was a player manager, so a lot of guys, by the way, back you know, around the turn of the nineteen uh, hundreds mm-hmm. were player managers, and so they had multiple responsibility. And, Ned and that kind of change.
0: But I wonder. But you're only going to be judged on your managerial statistics, obviously. Certainly, like, as a Hall of Fame, manager. yeah, exactly.
1: You know, Joe Torre was a was a player and manager but never at the same and time he
0: was ever considered for the hall of fame for his uh, playing career he was a
1: pretty good player actually but, but not, not a batting hall- title what a, but a but that's not a hall of fame career no no but uh, was it was a good baseball player good yeah no, yeah, no I, I wasn't a better, better manager yes uh, although had great teams you know and we'll get back to that in a second so here's another guy great teams bucky harris nope Okay, three pennants, two World Series with two different teams, player manager for the Senators, and then managed four other teams and came back and managed the Senators a second time. It's surprising that you would come back after being yeah, a player yeah, manager that, that and leaving.
0: You wouldn't thing. normally think a guy would come back in a situation but, but, like we, that. We
1: love you. Well, Billy, and then and we'll talk about Billy Martin, who's not in the Hall of Fame, who came back and went and came back and came well, anyway. hmm. um, uh Whitey Herzog. Hmm. Ever heard of Whitey Herzog?
0: I want to say yes. It the, sounds the, familiar. The white
1: rat, as he was sometimes called. I've definitely not heard that nickname. So he, uh, and as a Met fan, you think you'd know a little bit that he was the guy who built the Mets minor league system hmm. um, be, uh, back and before he went to the Cardinals. But he he went to the Royals and managed them to a World Series, and then moved over to the Cardinals, cross state, and, and uh, managed those. Various... That would be
0: seen as a betrayal. Yes, in a it lot would of be ways. five,
1: three pennants, and only one World Series uh, title. So I kind of think it's interesting because. That's no, nothing. nothing extraordinary.
0: Ab- yeah, nothing about him sounds, you know, that sounds like
1: the kind of case of had
0: friends in the veterans committee at the right
1: time. He managed four teams, but he only managed four games for the Angels. I assume he came in as hey, kinda manager. Kinda Somebody ha- got fired. Yeah, it's kind of hard
0: to count that as really managing the team. Exactly. Um, Miller Huggins.
1: No. Okay, another Yankee manager. So this is the thing about this lot There's, I think four on the 20 out of the 22 are Yeah. Oh, when you won
0: 27 World Championships. Right, right,
1: 28. Um, yeah. three pennants, uh, excuse me, um six pennants, three World Series wins in 17 years. It's pretty good. Okay, you're going to be in the World Series Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the Hall of Fame. Tony La Russa. Six pennants, three World Series titles. Yeah, I know Tony. LaRusso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I certainly know Tony. Um 33 years he was a manager. That is stunning. That's a long 33 time. years. Just because you would have to start young
0: to do something like that. Like, and you probably, you know, even if he started in his, you know, when he- And that wasn't his first team.
1: Wow. He managed the White Sox before he managed the Oakland A's. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. He managed two teams in the end. So, Um, uh, and he didn't win any pennants with the White Sox. That was the Mm. point. Um, Tommy Lasorda. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess you would hear him, although sort of managed before you were aware of baseball. I only only was aware of him because we remember he got in that fight with Pedro? Yeah. Yes. That was a coach. (laughs) Yes. Um, Four pennants. One World Series in 25 years. I'm I'm not exactly sure. Might be like a personality. Yeah, there's a little Dodger love going on there, or what? I I just I thought that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's another guy. He only won two pennants, no World Series. Al Lopez, never heard of. him. So Al Lopez managed the uh, the 54 Indians. They went to the World Series. Vic Wirtz hit the ball that Willie Mays caught, and Giants uh, ended up winning that World Series. And 59 Go Go Socks. Uh, the the, whites, <laughs> the 59 White Sox were known as the Go-Go Sox because they had a bunch of young players and they could run like crazy and they played in the World Series. That was the Dodgers' second year in L.A. and the Dodgers won that World Series. Oh, so that's they, how they ended up losing to the Dodgers. Okay. But Al Lopez has one of the highest um, winning percentages in the history uh, of, of the major. I, it's the only thing I can think as to why. Uh, it's like his
0: one kind of separating trait. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he went like over 600 you know, winning hmm. percentage. So. That's, I mean, that is pretty good. So here's a guy, uh, let's see if you've heard him, Connie Mack. Yes, I've heard of Connie Mack. Okay, so, so Connie Mack, what do you think of when you think of Connie Mack? N- nothing. Visual, any any visual come to mind? Short and squat? No, no, actually the opposite. Ichabod okay. Crane, like tall, wearing a suit. Wore a suit, so, okay. So Connie I, Mack, I knew he was super old school, super, yeah, super duper. Old. 53 years. That's a long time. As a manager. 53, 53 years. You have to think about that for a second. He won nine pennants. That's a lot. Yeah, and, and five World Series. Uh, the a decent F- amount. Philadelphia A's. And and it's just, you know, one of those father of baseball kind of it, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you win, when you
0: manage for 53 years, you kind of don't do that by accident.
1: And I don't know if he was the owner too, but it was called Connie Mack Stadium in Philadelphia <laughs> for a long time. You get a time.
0: stadium named after, you yeah. probably did something pretty
1: good. So how about Joe
0: McCarthy? I want to say yes.
1: Well, um, eight, nine pennants, seven World Series wins in 24 years. That only happens when you manage the Yankees. Only the Yankees. Only the Yankees. How about um, John McGraw?
0: Again, I want to say yes, but it's like again, McGraw is such a common baseball name that I, I can't really say if I've heard of him specifically or just guys named with that last name.
1: Well, McGraw, I'm obviously uh, was a player, man. Obviously, was was around the turn of the century, so you wouldn't, you know.
0: Yeah, so yeah, definitely, I've not heard of him. So
1: he started managing as a player manager, the Baltimore Orioles, and you got this is when the Orioles were, were in good. They were a National League team. They were a point. National, oh, okay. So and they were talked about being traded, um, moved over to this new league they were forming around 1900, and the Western League was going to become the American League, and and McGraw knew that he was going to be dumped at some point. <laughs> uh, so he so was like, he, okay, so he
0: knew he was getting kicked off a team at so some point. So he
1: got himself into a position where he moved over to the New York Giants hmm. uh, and managed the rival Giants because the Baltimore Orioles then became, they did come into the American League as the New york highlanders which you know today as the new york yankees that's really weird isn't it yeah isn't it so and he he uh, great manager the little general 33 years 10 pennants three world series wins yeah that's a hall of famer right there. yeah yeah that, that'll probably do it for you <laughs> so um guy named bill mckechnie nope did not hear him myself so I, I i'll be honest that's one that four pennants with two different teams two world series two different teams 25 years he managed, in 1915, a federal league team, which Baseball Reference calls as his stats, So they're considering that a major league team. The federal league was around for a short while. I,
0: was that like a separate
1: baseball league? It was a separate okay. baseball league, right? Because, again, they, these guys were fighting all the time over the rights as to where you could put your team. So you'd start a league up and you'd say, I'm going to have my teams here. And so the Newark Pepper was the team that he managed in 1915. But he went on to a uh, Hall of Fame managerial career. Hmm. Uh, We've talked about Wilbert Robinson before. Do you remember? Yes. I think you mentioned him. A team was named after him, right? Right. So the Brooklyn Robins, there were the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes. And they they were known for his tenure there of 14 years, uh, I believe. uh, 18 years, actually, with the Robins. And had a 500 career record. Two pennants, no World Series.
0: Yeah, but much like I, we were kind of saying about Connie Mack, if they're going to name, like, the team after you, let alone, the, like, the stadium after you left over, the team in Robin's case, you know, probably did something right.
1: Yeah, I, I, it doesn't seem like it was based on performance, right? I mean – No, like, I, I couldn't tell you why – but, but sometimes – He had a
0: 500-career record as manager. But – Managers, especially, depending on how friendly they were with the press, could oftentimes back in the day end up as the face of the team just as much as any of the players.
1: and much his, more so in his case, it's 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 in spades. and
0: yeah, he was the face of the team, so that, that's going to change things.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I just I still can't believe sometimes that the Dodgers were called um, the, Robins. the Robins for eight you know 17 years. there's just or like
0: something. this little blip in the radar of their yeah, history like, that's a
1: long time. yeah um, a guy named Frank Selly. Um, no nope. Managed the Boston Bean Eaters I definitely
0: know I haven't heard of him Because I've never heard of that team
1: So before. the Bean Eaters are actually the Braves So oh. they went through a, a Yeah, That was a,
0: probably a good name change <laughs> on their part
1: <laughs> No, that was being a Bean Eater Meant you were from Boston It was just a thing is still a good name change, <laughs> okay? Um, and he managed the Cubs, although he was out of the Cubs in 1905, and then the Cubs won their World Series in 1907, 1908, and then not again so for a really he, long time. He,
0: if it was a little closer, you could argue he was the actual progenitor of the curse. He, he was
1: the problem, not, not the solution. Um, Billy Southworth, um, no, nope. okay. I, I vaguely heard of him. Four pennants with two um, and two World Series of two different teams. Oh, no, with the Cards. I'm sorry, same team. So yeah, okay. So he's got he's got that criteria. Casey Stengel. I've heard of Casey Stengel. Well, I would hope so. So, um, the old man, uh, the professor, I think they, they, they called him. The professor. And he had 10 pennants, seven <laughs> mm-hmm. World Series, 25 years. Uh, managed S- the Dodgers? Seven World Series is pretty impressive. Managed the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Mets, the Boston Bees, and Boston Braves in consecutive years because, as we know, it's the same team. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, managed the 62 Mets, which we Met fans know. Um, one of the worst teams in Major League history. Yeah, is it one of them? <laughs> well, I, the I Spiders mean, the, went 20 and, like, the, a, 234 tig- back in the There was, like, the a 1890- Tigers team
0: back in, like, the early... The, the spiders. No, there was a Tigers team, oh, too, in the, the, yes. the
1: early 2000s that was just that didn't win 50, yeah. 60 games, I think. Right, right. So Casey Stengel, um, yeah, the, the old line about Casey saying, you know, when asked about his team's execution regarding the 1962 Mets... He he was known to say, I'm all for it. <laughs> this is a great line. <laughs> um, Joe Torrey yeah, is in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about Torrey at so all. So was Torrey a great manager, or did he have a great team, or was it both? He didn't screw it up. Yeah. I, I,
0: think, I think when you're in a position like he was, that's as much of it as anything else. You can't criticize a guy for being in the right place at the right time and not getting in the way of that.
1: He was a little to me like the first of the, um, I'm going to say the um, uh, enlightened managers that understood the way you dealt with players was not to beat them over the head. You had to talk to them. You, you he just was not, he was a, a stern enough guy only when he needed to be. It didn't seem like he had the, no, way he, of the world he, on his shoulders.
0: He, yeah. He didn't seem like his, his job was making sure to run the players down and that they were doing what they were supposed to at all times.
1: Whereas um, the other guy, the last guy who's in the hall of fame, Earl Weaver,
0: Never heard of him. Never
1: heard of Earl Weaver.
0: I I mean, maybe I've heard the name before, but I, I couldn't really tell you certainly who he managed for. Four
1: pennants, one World Series in 17 years. He managed the Orioles. Okay. So the 69 Orioles that lost to the Mets, then they won the World Series in 1970. Um, the Orioles also had won the world series in 66, obviously before he was there. So he's, um, he gets a title. So he's got a title. He's got four pennants. Um, he was most famously known for kicking dirt on umpire's shoes, I believe. And some of his rants at home plate are legendary. So I
0: mean, yeah, that, that definitely helps be like, certainly like looking at this list. One of the things that I, I, I definitely think is unless you're going to be like a Yankee manager almost, or a Cardinal manager, where you're going to get a shot at many, many titles, you got to have a personality.
1: <laughs> and Earl Weaver had a personality. He was known for, um, you know, being the advocate of the three run home run. Like that's, that's how I want to win games, you know, get a bank and a bloop and a three run homer and let's go.
0: I mean, yeah, that sounds like I'm pretty sure anybody would sign up for that strategy.
1: Exactly. So, you know, the, the managers today that we talked about that aren't, um, you know, that aren't yet eligible. Um, is there anybody there that you think is a slam dunk who is either just out or still in? I don't think anybody's a slam dunk. Socha <laughs> would probably be the closest.
0: Just be, uh, I guess Bochi's really the closest.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel Bochi's a, like a lock.
0: Based on the criteria, yeah. Everybody else that has similar criteria to him is in. When you really get down to it, he's got <laughs> four pennants with two different teams. He has three World Series title, and he managed for twenty five years. I can't really fathom an
1: argument that say he shouldn't be in there. So I don't see how he doesn't get it. I'll do you one better on that. I think I think his ability to manage the transition of a data rich environment of baseball, he only retired, you know, uh, this season from where he came from 25 years ago when impressive. Yeah, because I think that's the biggest change for a manager is that you have all these other people in your organization now that have all this data from the general managers to the scouts to to the people. And so you don't need to know everything about every player. You've got people doing that. You have to think about the team's rudder and the direction of where the team and is you're, and, and you're, the psyche and, of
0: it. And your your intuition to know if, you, if this guy if the data is saying it's a 60-40 thing to bring in some reliever in a particular situation. It's your job as the manager to just have that foresight and that insight into your team to be like I know it's sixty forty, but it's going to be on the forty this time, and I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to bring in the bring in the righty to face the lefty because I I just I feel the matchup and I know how my guys are feeling, and that's going to be the right play in this situation because that's and, something data can't go with.
1: And that and that's where you get to those press conferences after the game, and you say, "Why did you buck you know what was convention?" And that that certainly is the manager's choice. Uh, but you get questioned in the media now doing something like that. You know, at two, um, teen times more way than you ever did.
0: People are because the average person is more aware of the data driving behind that decision. Right? Now, the fan
1: knows. Hey, this guy, you know, doesn't do this in this situation. Why did you play? it Why did you do this here? And you know what? It's going to backfire on you sometimes.
0: And, and ultimately, probably the biggest issue with managerial related decisions that we just use reno- results
1: based analysis.
0: How, how good a decision? Whether a decision was with whether or not it worked out. Most if we're going to
1: do it that way, we don't need a manager at all. We we'll just put a robot in there and just. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but that's how we treat. Buttons. But that's how we treat managers
1: right right so I think I think you're right the, the being able to capture the um, the team spirit understanding what they need at that particular time when when something goes wrong or or you're on a winning street and you want to keep them going forward or what that's where the manager really plays the biggest role
0: and, and I think now what managers need to be doing I think what I want out of my manager nowadays is uh, is He doesn't necessarily need to know how to collect the data or all of the different pieces of data, but he needs to know how to interpret that data so that he can make the best decisions on a day-to-day basis for the club. And the thing with data like that, if you're looking at averages and who's the best person to play in each situation, yeah, there's going to be days and situations where the manager gets it wrong. But if he's good at interpreting that data over the long run of the season, he's going to get it right more often than not, and that's what will make him a good manager.
1: Good point, good point. So um, general manager-wise, well, do you think there are any general managers in the Hall of Fame?
0: Uh, Only if it was like an owner-general manager kind of situation. So there
1: are four. There are four. There are four. Branch Ricky. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when you hear his name, you go, yeah, yeah, Branch. That McKee. makes sense. That, 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 should, yeah. that should be what known. um Should known. A guy who was involved with the Yankees for a lot of years, George Weiss, mm-hmm. is in the Hall of Fame. But I guess a different George. I, I don't know that true story. Larry McPhail, another guy who was involved with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um, and a guy named Ed Barrow. And I, I looked him up, and now I can't remember why the heck he's in there as a general manager. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not even sure... You know, unless you do something extraordinary, why a general manager should ever be in the,
0: the game. The only general manager that I game. think you could make an argument that could be in the Hall of Fame from now is Billy Bean. Just because you could argue that his way of managing a team forced baseball as a whole to reevaluate how they looked at players.
1: You know, Billy Bean's very good. You know, but how many World Series have the A's won? And that's since- his
0: biggest issue.
1: <laughs> So you don't get to be in Cooperstown. Yeah. If, he, if he can win one before he retires, I think he, he could be a guy who get there with one
0: with one because you could argue his vision for baseball and how to construct a baseball was game team changing was game changing. People legitimately changed how they looked at baseball players because of what the A's were doing. And Brad Pitt played him in the movie. So yeah. come on. And people will say there wasn't that much and the change was coming before that. Yes. But the A's philosophy was 100 percent ahead of its time.
1: Yeah, and and I think to a certain degree, they have led the way for 20 years in terms of the way they do. Yeah,
0: because they've been a good team for a long time, and every year you look at that roster, and most years you're like, I don't know any of these players.
1: (laughs) So, um, you know, you have, uh, as a Met fan, as do I, a new manager. Um, What do you think, how important do you think the manager is to the success of the teams in a season like this, a pandemic season? More important, less important? Less important.
0: It's already such a high variance year that it's hard for me to believe that a manager could really make any kind of significant impact within that period.
1: So you're going to give the managers a pass, whatever
0: happens this year, nobody loses his job. Unless he loses control of the team. Like if the if like the manager wasn't able to keep the guys from like going out and partying, if the manager like to obviously within reason, that's going to happen on every team. But if it's like an actual problem with the team or if like he clearly loses the locker room, the team just stops playing at a certain point, then I might look into it because, OK, that's something that. That's going to happen regardless of the season. If you can't control the guys, you can't control the
1: guys and And the other thing that happens is you know that you you choose your general manager should be the one choosing the manager. So if you make a switch in administration, I'd only make a switch in the administration if you were. Like, I could see the Mets, honestly,
0: and here's why. I could see the Mets moving on from Luis Rojas being like, look, we got forced into this situation because of what happened with Beltran. He was never really our first choice. And, you know, through the season, we evaluate him and we just don't think he's a good fit or he's just not ready for the major
1: league level yet. I could see them moving on in that case. You probably – it's funny you say that because um, Steve Cohen, who is in negotiations to buy the, the Mets final, uh, has been in touch uh, apparently with Jeff Luna. Who? Who? The guy who was the GM of the Astros, who was suspended before his involvement in the 2017, Ugh. and and you know that guy who's innovative and you know has, would you as a Met fan be willing to consider? This is this is a tough one. I, I got. I don't know how you can
0: go and sign another
1: Astros person after the way Beltran. Right? No, I, I I kind of feel the same way. I think the Mets would do better to not do that, and 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 he's going to have to wait. Uh, yeah, wait. Just make it. Just don't do. Don't be the team that breaks that. So um, there, there's not much more to say about managers. This is our 15th podcast, and uh, I guess I hope for the most. We had to cover managers at one point. I don't really want to talk about managers anymore. I yeah, much want to talk about players. I,
0: I think, ironically, managers, how we deal with managers is kind of how we should handle them with current baseball. We really don't talk about them very much because they're not that important.
1: So that's it, folks. We're done with managers. You won't hear us talk about them anymore. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at almostcoop.com.